Welcome to Real, Raw, Relatable, the podcast that brings you stories and experiences from entrepreneurs and business leaders. And now, here's your host, Zachary Ellis. Welcome back to the Triple R Podcast, Real, Raw, Relatable, where we interview business industry professionals and entrepreneurs nationwide to bring you valuable insight, information, and something that you can truly focus and grow from. Excited to bring the show to you. It's July 2023. Can't believe Q3 is already here. But for us entrepreneurs, it's just another day. There's a few topics we wanted to go over today that I thought were important, not only now, but in the midst of what is possible from, depends on who you ask, but what is a possible recession and things that I've personally taken into account, not only as a entrepreneur, but as someone who runs multiple companies, having to schedule out my time is incredibly important, but focusing on strategy is the most important thing. So we're going to jump right into it. Topic number one, the interest rate hikes that all of us have seen. I don't want to be a broken record, but I took a minute and I looked this morning and March of 2022, we were at 4% interest rates. Wall Street Journal uh, prime rate was 4%. March of 2023, we're looking at 8% plus, and now it's even risen more in the last few months. But just incredible. You know, the first thing that came to mind was a couple of real estate, um, not only real estate developers, but some real estate agents that I've talked to that you know, we network and we'll talk. Obviously, the companies that I own uh, are across a few different industries, but the real estate industry, there's a few builders that I'm friends with that have said, man, some of our notes are coming up and the rate has tripled. We were at 3% or 3.5% and now we're going to renew at between 9 and 9.5%. Now, granted, some of these builders are getting a rate that's considerably less than that. But for somebody that is a small to possibly medium-sized company, depending on revenue, amount of employees, work, et cetera, et cetera, just to spell this out very clearly, you are tripling the amount of payments and interest that you're paying on a loan. So if you took out a note for, say, $5 million and your note was X, you're now going to pay triple that amount or you're going to have to go out and source income and money somewhere else from someone else. And as we've all seen, the private equity deal is slowly starting to dry up quickly. So you're having to focus on either banks, secondary lenders, maybe some of these independent financing institutions. But no matter any way you split it, you're going to have to pay up um, just simply by nothing more than interest rates. And even with that, um, you know, in the transportation space, uh, my company, truckvin.com, where we focus on buying trucks from fleets, owner operators, and leasing companies, and we remarket them to our corporate partners. Inside of that company, we've seen a flood of phone calls in the last 60 to 90 days of not only independent operators that are getting rid of their trucks, but we've seen some small trucking companies. And I say small trucking companies, these are companies that run 10 to probably 50, maybe 60 units, are getting ready to sell all of their units and get completely out of trucking. We've seen some of the biggest acquisitions and mergers, and we're talking about companies that run a few hundred to even a few companies that run a few thousand trucks that are merging or getting acquired by either 
A, private equity companies, or B, companies that are not specifically in either drive-in freight or refrigerated freight, which is just regular line haul freight that you see going down uh, each and every interstate across America. I saw an interesting one a couple days ago where a uh, local regional hauler, which is just a company that hauls maybe construction materials, rock, dirt, um, something of that nature, they're regionally bought an over-the-road carrier so that they could diversify their portfolio. And that just speaks volumes because right now, as interest rates increase and the recession is still glooming and we've seen inflation skyrocket, to a lot of people, it wouldn't make sense to go out and try to acquire a company. Now, especially in hindsight, when you look at acquiring somebody, it takes cash and it takes a management team to go in there and know not only how to execute, but having the strategy to execute. So what we're seeing, especially on the trucking side, is acquisitions are happening from companies that have a strong balance sheet, a strong management structure, and they're diversified within their company, whether they have multiple lines of income that they have coming in, whether it's different uh, cargo that they haul, maybe they have a service shop, maybe they offer um, some sort of a lease-to-own purchase program. We're seeing more and more of this coming from trucking companies. They're not just hauling freight. They're leasing trucks to owner-operators, and they are offering service on trucks. They're offering sales that we've seen. They're selling some of their own assets. So you're seeing a lot of diversification and some of the strongest companies have what I feel is a very, very strong, well-structured management team. So that was, that was the first thing that came to mind. So obviously coupled with interest rates that are continuously rising, inflation has skyrocketed. The next thing that everybody's going to look forward to is the unemployment rate and saying, where's the economy going and what exactly is going on? I've never personally focused and studied the unemployment rate. I did look at it, however. It's at 3.6% as of June 2023. Now, the interesting thing about the unemployment rate, I was listening to Mike Rowe a few weeks ago talking about the unemployment rate is not the problem in America. There's over three quarters of a million manufacturing jobs available. Now, that's just in the industry of manufacturing, whether it's in some sort of a warehouse, whether it's at some sort of a plant, whether it's a steel plant, whether you're in a warehouse that is making some sort of product, whatever the case is, there's 770,000 available manufacturing jobs, not counting the other countless jobs that are available. And it's no secret, especially us as entrepreneurs and business owners, you can go to almost each and every door out here and somebody needs help, whether they need a cashier up front, whether they need a salesperson, whether they need somebody that is able to answer phones, whether they need somebody to go and run errands, whatever the case is, you're finding that more and more and more. And obviously, as I travel from state to state to state across the nation, it doesn't matter, East Coast, West Coast, here in the South, up north, wherever you go, each and everybody needs help. But the interesting thing about the unemployment rate that Mike Rowe was talking about, and I wrote the notes down here, was uh, men specifically aged 25 to 54 are leaving their jobs or have left their jobs and are not, not going back into the workforce. 
Now, that's a huge issue, and obviously it can be based upon a number of things, but Mike Rose said here, um, an average of seven hours each day is dedicated to leisure time. Leisure time meaning playing video games, any of their hobbies, maybe playing golf, seven hours a day. Now, if you think about it, if somebody's up for an average of, say, 18 hours a day, which most people usually aren't, that means that you're waking up at seven in the morning and you're not doing anything productive until possibly two o'clock in the afternoon. It's just amazing to me that we're seeing this big drove of people. And obviously we saw a few months ago, not only nurses were leaving their job with the COVID deal, and that may have been sometime last year. So, uh, don't uh, don't hold me to it. But I know, especially here recently in the last few months, we've seen people leaving their jobs at a incredible rate, whether they're teachers, whether they're nurses, whether they're people that are working in the office for a multitude of reasons. We've seen a few reasons, um, including the company culture doesn't fit. I don't have enough time to spend with my family or enough time to spend on the things that I feel that are important to me. Um, maybe it's a pay structure. Maybe it's not being appreciated by management. There's a huge multitude of reasons that somebody's leaving their job. But when Micro mentioned that, not only was it alarming to him to bring it up, but it's alarming to me to say from age 25 to 54, that's 27 years. So that may be somebody's son and that may be somebody's dad. There's 27 years difference there. And these are people that are leaving the workforce rapidly, and we don't have enough people to fill available jobs, and that's a huge issue. Obviously, coupled with the interest rate hikes, inflation, unemployment rate, what you have to do is you have to assess not only where you're at, but where you want to go. And as easy as it sounds to do, it's very cliche, and you hear it from anybody and everybody, is show up to work and work harder and invest more time, and it will be fruitful for you. But what does hard work mean? What does it mean to show up even earlier than where you're at and what you're doing now? If you're showing up early and you're working hard, what are you doing during that time? Are you working hard or are you just doing the same thing that you've done over and over and over and over? I know the first thing that I did was create a routine, predictive patterns. That is the very first thing and exactly where I started. And this is not when I started working on my own years ago. This is when I started in the car business when I was 17. It was creating a routine because I learned from my background and where I grew up, the options and opportunity that I had was limited. So I had to create a routine. And there's, everybody's got their own routine. Everybody has their own thing that makes them the happiest and what they do each and every morning. But creating a routine, predictive patterns. Predictive is at 5 a.m., you can know that I'm at the gym working out from 5 to 6.15 each and every day, weekends included. You'll know that from 6.15 to 6.45, I'm driving home, getting ready for work. Predictive patterns, doing the same thing each and every single day. Because when you're not predictive and you don't have a, a continuous routine, you start finding different avenues to go down. Oh, maybe today I'll skip the gym and I'll just read. Or maybe today I'll go to the gym and then after the gym, I'll go straight to the grocery store and after the grocery store, I'll go home and cook dinner or whatever the case is. And before you know it, all these little things start compiling. You're not going to the gym like you should. You're not reading like you should. You're not training your mind 
whether it's meditating, whether it's listening to podcasts, whether it's reading, whether it's working with your staff to become sharper and work on that next key account that you need, it's little things that add up. So creating a routine. Step one is assess your finances. Where are you at financially? The second thing that I would do is assess where you're at physically. It's such a huge piece. Years ago, I was 350 plus pounds and it was miserable, especially living in Texas. You can imagine the heat. Some days it gets up to 100 plus degrees. And that was something that I had to assess and look at myself and say, now I've got one young kid who was three at the time. And uh, a few years ago, we decided to have another child. And I couldn't be happier that I took the decision and took the time to invest into my health. And you know, I can't say that people that aren't physically fit aren't um, financially stable or wealthy. There's a multitude of them. A perfect example, somebody like Warren Buffett. He eats McDonald's and has a Diet Coke each and every day, but he's incredibly wealthy. So is his partner, uh, Charlie Munger. But I know personally for me, being financially stable was a huge, huge piece, but being physically not only able, but in physical condition that I was able to endure traveling for 8, 10, 12, 14 hours at a time, being away from home for a week or two weeks at a time, being able to go out there and spend time with my kids. I know that I'm able to not only think clearer, but I'm able to apply myself and I have the energy to get up and want to go invest into the things that are going to push me farther. It doesn't take a lot, right? Start with walking your neighborhood. There's uh, Planet Fitness, Anytime Fitness. A lot of these gyms offer memberships at $15, $20, $25 a month. Some of the gyms are, are more than that, but you see all the time on social media all of the uh, you know, little snippets or TikTok videos of you know, people working out at Planet, Planet Fitness doing Lord knows what. Go in there and walk on a treadmill. Walk around your neighborhood. Go in there and, uh, hell, they have personal trainers now. But investing something into your health each and every day, I promise you, will get you a lot further. And then the third thing I assess is coming up with goals. Everybody, start, everybody says, start with the end in mind. I don't say start with the end in mind. I tell everybody, you need to end time. Meaning, you need to end time. You need to end the waiting period. The, oh, I need to plan this. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I need another week to get started. The longer you take and the longer you procrastinate to say, hey, I'm not going to look at my finances. I'm not going to look in the mirror and say I'm not physically where I need to be. I'm not going to write down not only my personal goals, but my business goals. You're just putting yourself further and further behind. It goes back to the slow, small things that add up and put you way off track and then you've got to spend the time to not only get back on track, but you've lost time and the progress that you could have made. So in making your goals, what I do is I have business goals, personal, family, relationship goals, and then I have uh, goals outside of my companies, right? So this may be networking. This may be going to certain events. This may be spending time with other business owners. This may be spending time with um, friends, whatever the case is. And I know I say spending time with other business owners, but I don't couple that with business because when we're outside of work, we're not always focused on work. 
but those are good people to be around because the person that you're listening to as a business owner, you're able to study their habits and what they do outside of work. So start with those three columns, outside of work, personal family relationships, and then your business. You have those three columns. Start with three goals in each of them. Business goal number one. In this year, I want to hit X amount of total revenue. Goal B. In the next quarter, I want to hire X people. In this month, I want to drive this much traffic to our social media platforms or this much traffic to our website. Having these goals broken down helps you not only track them, but I like to set goals that are annually at a 90-day target, a 30-day target, and then a weekly target. Because I know each and every day that I come into my office exactly what I'm doing. If I look at my schedule and I don't have anything planned, there's a big problem. A huge, huge problem. So move over to the next column, personal family relationships. Goal number one, make it a point to spend X amount of hours each day with my wife solely. So many business owners lose focus because they dive into their business and they want to work here and they want to be at the office to produce the income because somebody like me who came from a uh, poverty-ridden neighborhood knows nothing other than working hard because we don't ever want to go back. So we find the solitaire in coming to work and producing income. But I've also found that when I dedicate two hours a day to my wife without the kids, you have to focus on that relationship because more than likely your spouse is the person that was there and driving you not only to take the leap to go and work for yourself, but to drive you when you have the bad months, when you lose that customer that helped make uh, your revenue targets, when you are down and out and you're just like, man, I don't know if this works anymore. Your spouse is the person more than likely that drove you and is still driving you each and every day. So focusing on spending a set amount of time with your wife solely. Goal number two, spend time with my kids undivided. When I get home, put your phone up. When I get home, both of my phones go in my office, on the charger. I don't look at them. I don't pick them up. There's no point in going home and picking up my phone and scrolling when my kids are sitting right in front of me. Not only does it set a bad example in my eyes, but number two, there's time that you can't take back. And set that third goal. The third goal is, I know one of mine is taking a quarterly vacation. At a minimum, I want to take two vacations a quarter, whether it's taking one on the first month, skipping the second, and taking it the third month. That's a personal goal of mine. I don't want to be at my office seven days a week, 18 hours a day. That is not efficiently getting anything done. It is just driving me further into a hole. Move over to the third column. Those goals. I want to network with 10 people this month. I want to learn three new either sales tactics. I want to learn three new opportunities or investments that I can make that can move me further. Goal number three, I want to invest X amount of time reading, learning, and putting in time to help me not only better myself, but better my team. That's nine goals in total. And you're able to set those up on a yearly, 
or excuse me, you're able to set those up on an annual basis, a monthly basis, and a weekly basis, and then break it down each day. Track those things. If you get to Wednesday and you started on Monday and you're like, hey, I'm missing this, this, and this, you're slowly tracking off. You have to get back on target and manage it each and every single day because I promise you, if the economy keeps moving the way that everybody thinks that it will and we end up in a recession, whether it's a light recession, mild, whatever the case, whatever term they're using, what you're going to find is opportunities. And the opportunities more than likely come for somebody that wasn't prepared, somebody that wasn't tracking and inspecting that what they should have been, whether it was in their business or their personal life. And there's going to be opportunities, whether you can buy a company, whether you can invest, whether you can buy assets at a discounted rate, whatever the case is, there's going to be opportunities. More than ever now, I've seen more side hustles from people that work a day job, a regular eight to five or nine to five job, people that have side hustles. It is incredible. I've seen people that work a nine to five office job that are uh, baking cakes, making cookies, doing birthday parties on the side. I've seen people that work an office job that are learning photography, learning videography, and are shooting weddings on the weekend. That's additional income. You see so many of these uh, YouTube gurus, people behind just a camera, that started a channel to go out and film themselves fishing, film themselves at a uh, kid's amusement park, or whatever the case is. All these people have these small little side hustles, and before you know it, that small side hustle creates something that is passive income. That's income every single month. And I've watched a few different people on YouTube go from having 20 or 30 subscribers to half a million subscribers, and now they have money coming in from YouTube. And they started their own website, and they're selling their merch, whatever it's hats, shirts, cups, koozies, etc. The side hustle deal is just amazing to me. I had somebody I spoke with that had a nine to five job, was making six figures a plus a year and started filing taxes on the weekend, doing just personal income taxes. I think they're called 1040s and was doing that on Saturdays. And then it started Saturdays and Sundays. And then it was three days a week. And then it was, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I'm going to hire a few people. And then six months later, has their own firm and has grown exponentially to have clients not only coming to them on a repeat basis, but referring clients to them. And just blew my mind. So getting off track quickly, it is a bunch of small little things. It could be one thing that puts you further back. Maybe you didn't set out your social media post for the week, and now you're scrambling to try to find something to post on social media. Maybe you didn't take that 30 minutes out of the day to read a book and gather just one idea. You know, Mark Cuban says, I'll read an entire book, but if I can get just one idea from it, it was worth the time and the investment to read that book. So focusing on bettering yourself, because there's tons of people out here that have this phone in their hand all day long, and they're doing nothing but on social media and watching videos of other people doing things. So go out there and take action. Make sure you follow us on social media at Zachary T. Ellis. Everything will be linked below. 
I'll also include a link to LinkedIn. Love to connect with all of you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening to the Real Raw Relatable Podcast. Please check us out on all the major podcast networks and be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. 